Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. to Rivervale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Rivervale that might seem familiar, but is also eerily different. I'm uh, Rolex. When you, you know what? This is too dark. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's too dark. The dark voice is too dark in the dark show. I'm Jerston. <laughs> I'm Pete. Oh, wow. See, some things are familiar, and we are going to be talking about the River- Riverdale, excuse me, season six premiere, chapter 96, Welcome to Rivervale, which is the kickoff of the five-episode event beginning here in season six. Things get wild and crazy real real quick. Pete, I know you have a bunch of questions. Just hold them for a second. Just hold them for a second here. <laughs> I know, you're, you're wrestling with your head. You've got so many of them. I've got a lot of questions, too. And certainly, I think we should start really, in a second. It's funny. I walked away from this with just like, yep. No questions. <laughs> no Euros. <laughs> Yeah. Makes sense oh. to me. Wow. Let, let's tune in next week and see what happens. Uh, here we go with this same old, same old. Oof, another <laughs> boilerplate Riverdale episode. <laughs> There's so Woo. much to talk about and so much to parse apart, and we'll get to all of that in a second. But first, even though this is some sort of alternate universe thing that's going on here, which I'm sure we'll all have theories about. There are things that you do need to know going into this episode, still that left off at the end of season five. Most notably, Betty and Archie finally decide to get together only to find that there was a bomb under their bed. <laughs> you already have questions. Yeah, look, like, what are you doing? What? This is we, we have we to do so this so is, I, wait before this is our first time this is our first Rivervale podcast so I know yeah. you're a little confused <laughs> I'm confused I have a lot of questions before you start recapping and getting into the things that happened I have questions All right what? so the Archie comics are is okay. about several decades old they're okay. published mm-hmm. on paper yeah, yeah. I know that's all a, of this. Important. I know that's all a good, of this. This is a good this fact. question. Yeah, John Kester's character facts. eats a lot of burgers. Yeah. Wow. And there's oh, your on recap. Pa- on paper. Huh. 
Okay. Yeah. Can I just get through the recap and then you can ask the questions? Is that all right? Because I'm sure this will hopefully answer some of your questions no, that you're going to have. So at the end of season five, Betty and Archie finally decided to get together, only to discover that there was a bomb under Archie's bed left by Hiram Lodge on his way out of town. There was a big explosion. We didn't get to see what happened. Meanwhile, across town, Veronica and Reggie had gotten together and set up two businesses. Yep. First, they had an investment business, and then the back room, they had a casino that they were starting. Semi- and a sex business. Uh, the sex what? with each other. I don't think they were paying that's for that. That's not a business. That's, yeah. uh, that's It is not... if you do it right. It is if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Hey, man, another, sex work another is work, sad, okay? Sex another work. satisfied customer yeah, is what well, I say. This is, we're going to get to very I, tricky territory here yeah, in I terms of these jokes and everything. So let's not really follow this path. But Reggie and Veronica have decided to get back together and work on these dual businesses together. Uh, so that's what's going on with them. However, they were not doing it with the permission of the newly formed Riverdale Council, which include Tony, Tabitha, Uncle Frank, and Alice. They had reformed the government. However, at the same time, Cheryl had found out that her ancestor was a witch who was burned at the stake by a bunch of everybody else's ancestors, demanded retribution for that. Everybody was like, hold on a second. We've got 50 million other things to do. And Cheryl said, that's it. I'm seceding from Riverdale and forming my own town, nation, not 100% clear, but in (laughs) Thornhill that is populated by redheaded girls. Girls like her. Yep. That, <laughs> yeah, mostly sure, true. Sure, mostly yeah, true. Yeah. Um, and it also yeah. embraced her witchly heritage by casting a spell that ca- cast an ill wind throughout the town of Riverdale that everybody felt. That's something that happened towards the end of the season. Now, on the upswing, however, were Jughead and Tabitha, who decided not only to date, but also potentially to move in together. Tony and Fangs, already living together, decided that they loved each other and were going to raise baby Anthony together. And finally, I mentioned them earlier, but Alice and Frank kind of uh, struck up a little bit of a flirtation towards the end of the season. Oh, Mm. also, Kevin is there. Kevin had decided to (laughs) go back to New York and pursue a Broadway career. You don't really need to know that for this episode, but Kevin is also a character on this show. Well, he's getting in shape. He's jogging a lot, finding mm-hmm. stuff when he jogs. Yeah, yep. good for there you go. So that's the big things that you need to know going into this episode. Now, as we pick up, though, we are in a very different town called Rivervale that is being narrated by Jughead. And now, Pete, is the appropriate time for questions. Oh, great, great. Um, how long are we going to be in Rivervale? The rest of our lives. So is this a three-part uh, thing so, for the season? Five-episode like, I- event, once a week, ending with episode 100, which is going to come in December, presumably. And then there's going to be a break until March, and the rest of season six will continue. So we got five more episodes in River Vale, is what Correct. you're telling Correct. So no, we four, have four more, more of these. Four so more four episodes. More of these total, yes. to go through. Yeah, okay. we probably should have established in the recap. I didn't say this, but four plus one is five. Okay, go ahead. Great, great. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Just some quick math here, uh, you know, because there's new math now. So just so everybody's on the same page. Um, so we have to do this again uh, a bunch more times before before we can get back to Riverdale, which What's is the your, show what, we all agreed Pete? to. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't uh, sign yeah. off on our alternate universe. We didn't sign off on it. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't sign entitled, off on any of this. What is entitled? I'm sorry, were you fandom? not there for the the vote? I guess we I all wasn't. had a vote. It passed it fifty-two is, to forty-eight. 
It's maybe it, it was, was on crazy. Twitch. Was really I don't tight. do a lot of yeah, twitching, so maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I always think it's where you weren't, you didn't vote for Bughead in the great Barchi Bughead vote no, head to head. That was by fifty-two forty-eight. It was wild. Okay, it sort of feels like the same people might be voting. I'm just going to throw that out there. Cool, cool, cool. But here's um, the important thing. The I, important thing I want to emphasize to everybody, vote in every election, because then otherwise you get results like this that you just yeah. don't like. Yeah. That's yeah. a great, great ad uh, for voting. You're kind of on um, the outside looking in, and if you would have voted, you would have been in, informed of what's happening. So I'm an informed voter, and I, I guess I deserve it. So it's <laughs> so um, my wow. fault. So it's hard to really parse what Pete is asking for here, what his opinion of Rivervale is, but I will go ahead and fill the air by saying, I think this is great. No other show on television could take risks like this. This is wild. Because why would you? (laughs) Why would you take a show that you love and then say, no, no, you don't get any of that. You get this other show. You get. You get a lot of what you love, nope, um, no. but it's all mixed up, and they get to take it to an extreme that they wouldn't normally take it to. I don't know if you watched the end of the episode, but I did. One of the more major characters uh, gets really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> this he gets I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you, um, Justin. This is. Per, here's here's what I like about this. What I like about this is that it is purposefully off-putting. Like a lot of stuff on Riverdale, I feel yeah. like ta- Riverdale sometimes deservedly, but more often than not, takes a lot of flack online for what are they doing here? This is a crazy, this is a wild plot twist. These writers don't know what they're doing. I think most of the time we agree they know exactly what they're doing. And here, this yes. is something that is supposed to make you feel off-kilter. It's supposed to make you feel weird. You're supposed to be like... Why is Betty doing why is anybody doing this? Why is any of this happening? That's right. the mystery of these five episodes, and that was what we're going to find out. It's not supposed to make you feel comfortable. But in particular, this episode also, hold on. Take- uh, this episode is channeling movies like Midsummer, like Wicker Man, things like that yep. that have that creeping dread before it finally explodes at the end. And I think it really nicely channels that both through the look of the episode and at the pacing as well. What were you gonna say, Pete? Also take shots at uh, comic book uh, collectors in this one, which, you know, I mean, it's bad enough we're in the Vale and not in the Dale, which we all signed up for the Dale. I don't remember signing up for the Vale, but again, I must have missed it. Uh, but then you're going to, you know, uh, get, I'm going to get a kick in the pants for collecting comic books. On First the way of all, in. it was a positive kick in the pants. So more like a handshake of the pants. It was Whoa, not. A lot, was, of, a lot of ideas flying around here. Um, sorry, is there any other way to do a handshake than the pants? I, sorry, I, I <laughs> think go so. to a lot not of very positive vote. business meetings. Not after the vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, I think we know how we all fall on this particular episode, just in terms of generally how we're feeling about it. What well, and let me say, say like, I, yeah. I think what you're uh, what you were saying, Alex, I think everyone's like, this show is crazy. But this episode in this five, uh, this five episode run, I'm assuming it's not absolutely crazy. It's not out of oh. nowhere. It's oh. taking themes, themes and ideas that are already in the show and just heightening them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like oh. a, a lot of the oh. character, mo- a lot oh, of the okay. character moves here. If this was just like a random like special Halloween episode or like um, a It would make sense if it was a Halloween episode. But what I'm saying is it's taking stuff that they actually work to establish in the main show over the run of all of the seasons. Nope. And especially this most recent season, which set up most of the... It did. So you can't deny that all of the stuff that happens here, like 
uh, Cheryl uh, sort of going rogue with Thornhill, like um, Betty and Archie getting together, like all the, and like trying to like really settle down hard fast. Like all of these things are there and we're just heightening them, heightening them out of reality to the point where we get to see something we would never normally see in this show or any other show. The two I, things I like that, that I'll mention, yeah, the two things that I'll mention in addition here, one, what this feels like to me, to your point, Justin, is they basically took the entire show and put it in Cheryl's plotline. You know, right. we've talked a mm, lot about yeah. how sometimes it feels like there's five roads running on Riverdale. Just you have these different feels of there's Archie's plotline, whatever's going on in Betty's plotline, which often intersects with Jughead's plotline, et cetera, et cetera. But Cheryl is always living in this insane gothic horror place that is so heightened beyond almost anything else that's going on the show most of the time. To me, it feels like they basically just took it and shoved it in there. And that's almost why Cheryl, to me, is the most comfortable character in this episode. Because she's like, oh, Oh, you're all over on my side of the street now. That's cool. Let's hang out. This is fun. And I also think um, the show, when it first started, was sort of compared favorably to Twin Peaks and used, mm-hmm. noted as Twin Peaks as a major sort of influence. And I think we see that truly on display here. There's been gestures toward it a lot over the course Zone. of the It's Twilight Zone. It's Twilight Zone. There's, of course, there's Twilight Zone in yes. here, but I, the, a lot of the way that it's shot and some of the music choices and just the way the characters start to act strangely and the way their performances are, I think, is very um, Twin Peaks. And the one other thing I'll say on the opposite end of the spectrum, which I know Pete is not going to like, but I talked to Roberto Aguirre-Scasa for uh, the day job, and he did say, he emphasized, once again, we talked about this uh, on our podcast, and he's like, yep, it's in canon. I don't think he specifically said that, but we asked him if it was in canon. He's like, it all counts. He reemphasized that. Wait, the veil counts? Counts. He says, not only and, is are these five episodes serialized, but they are serialized and continue throughout season six. So the stuff I, that happened here might be an alternate universe, but it also affects what happens in the rest of the season. And I so think you we I think out I, somebody's heart in the uh, alternate universe. It the amount your of times the, and not to pivot this towards my interview because we really should get into the plot points. But the amount of times that Roberto was like, yep, Archie's dead. I was like, yeah, but come on, really? <laughs> he was like, no, um, no, dead, 100%. But, and I mean, this is a show that this past season had Archie seeing actual ghosts and right. never was like, was like, nope, it was a dream Archie was having. It lets us get a little free and loose with the barriers of this reality. Yeah, because that's so, what like, Riverdale needs to be. It's more free and loose. You know what I mean? More off sure. the rails. That's I think I like get it. I want I don't need this show to go back to like, nope, they're in high school, and boy, is the is Jughead mad. <laughs> it's not going to not be go Riverdale. Well. This I'm really not actually a good recap of the first season. I remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Pete, I just think it's funny. You like the show to be Riverdale. Why are you, uh, when it's just a little extra, a um, uh, little maple syrup, a little twisted. extra jingle jangle, not, there's yeah, a little a jingle like, jangle in there. This show is already on enough jingle jangle. It doesn't need more. It's cranked the 11. other day. The what other day, doing? I don't want to call you out, Pete, but the other day we did another, we do a, a fruit roll-ups podcast, and you were talking about <laughs> the twisted fruit roll-ups where they all got all mixed up in the factory, and you were saying it was the best thing ever. So I don't know why you enjoy that 
Yeah. The twisted fruit roll-ups, but not this, the twisted and when On our our oatmeal podcast, you were like, you know, what are they putting raisins on this shit? You were so mad about raisins on it. And I was like, it's just regular oatmeal, and it's not that intense, really, the raisins. And you were like, no, I signed up for oatmeal. <laughs> so oh about as much consistency in your opinions on the three different podcasts we definitely do as there is to oatmeal, I would say. But yeah. why don't we jump into the podcast? Our roller here. skating podcast, you were like, roller blades, the wheels have to be next to each other. That's, I like that. <laughs> Pete hates this. Uh, why don't we jump into the episode? So we got Jughead as our narrator. He's telling the story, yep. which certainly seems to indicate in some way something that we talked about, that potentially this is Jughead's book, a story he's telling, some sort of riff on the real events. He's hosting an episode of The Twilight Zone. Something he's like that. standing. But I love this, and I love this opening he's sequence, standing. too, just for him. Yeah, I loved how he stand. Cool cross, legs for days, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, true. Or just yes. legs, really. Yeah, it's just, a real revelation. Just legs for a day. He, legs, <laughs> legs for minutes. He... I, I like how he hosts this. I like how snotty he is about everything going on. There's some great comments throughout here from him yeah. talking about let that sink in when he goes into Betty and Archie's house or later on when they're talking about maple syrup at the town council and he goes, says, riveting, isn't it? Uh, That's fun. I, no, I love the tone the, of that. The best one is when he was talking about Veronica and Reggie and he was like, exhausting, aren't they? That was hysterical. He's having a yeah. lot of fun here and it's fun to see that even though – it's not totally clear exactly how that connects to the jughead that we're seeing. I don't know how he about. could be having fun. He's living in a nightmare house, <laughs> and he's also with the wrong person. So oh, I don't okay. know who's okay. having fun. Okay. Hold on. Um, save that for nine podcasts ago. Uh, <laughs> save that for the oatmeal podcast. I agree with you, and I do think it's nice, especially after a season where Jughead was just sort of out of it and like had a tough time to see him sort of in this power position, being the Zach Morris timeout or the like Parker Lewis can't lose of the show right now, where mm -hmm. he gets to comment on everything, freeze time and, and whatnot is cool. Parker Lewis Can't Lose was the original Twilight Zone. Yes, that's exactly right. And the please try to Google maybe. any of them. Mm -hmm. So let's jump in. There's a couple of different plot lines, but it is interesting how they sort of intersect here and they all revolve, not revolve around Cheryl, but connect through Cheryl. So I guess we can kind of walk through the episode a little bit and talk about the plot lines as we get to them. One of them is Tony and Fangs. They can't get baby Anthony to fall asleep. One of my Alicky. absolute favorite things that makes this entire Riverfell thing worth it. You know exactly what I'm going to say of course, here. Of course. Dr. Colonel Jr. being Ugh. the town doctor. That was like, not the awful. Quarter, but the doctor, so funny. I love His ideas are horrible. Why are people listening to this? <laughs> no, this is true. Justin, it's you have not kids true. as well. If your baby yeah. coughs, you put a toad in their mouth. Nope. That's, got, you should not do that. You should never gotta, do that. I got a toad in each of my kids' mouths right now. <laughs> yeah. I've been standing outside vaccination centers and saying, hey, instead of getting vaccinated, why don't you oh, stick these toads in your mouth? Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be that guy. Why don't, don't you stick this toad in your mouth? <laughs> That'll um, solve this whole This whole storyline is wild because it's like, they're like, put a toad in your mouth. That seems crazy. And they're like... He's like, but seriously, um, if your baby's colicky, leave him in the woods for a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> an even like better thing. Just leave your kid in the woods. I, I mean, I've wanted parenting. to do that. I've I don't know how do you guys sometimes. are enjoying this show. The parenting alone is stressing me the fuck out. 
I did think I'm still not on board with the whole Tony Fags thing, but I did think Fags was very funny in this episode. His whole toughen yep. him up, hitting the muscle thing was a very funny move. Uh, I thought all the stuff with Tony just being at her wits end with the baby, her interaction with Cheryl in the woods and Cheryl immediately copied down the baby with some herbs that she already had on, I thought was really good. Um, I, I like this. I thought this was really funny and fun even though I'm not necessarily inclined to be into the Tony and Fags relationship. Yeah, I agree. I like all of this. Um, and it is, it's, I'm curious um, in the next four episodes, if we are going to sort of reset after each one and uh, do like. a new sort of dark tale, or if it'll continue on here, because this episode does a lot to establish like what's up with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, and the idea that, uh, that, Fangs and Tony are sort of like, we're just a normal family trying to get by. And we left our baby in the woods and encountered uh, the uh, witch woman who gave us this this poison ivy potion and all this. Yeah. And in, of, in exchange, nice. we agreed to kill our friend, the end. Yeah. Uh, just to answer that question. So it is serialized. So it's going to pick up the next episode and everybody's going to be like, yep, killed Archie. Pretty cool. Town's doing great now. So that's going to continue. But at the same time, we're seemingly going to have some sort of anthology structure at the same time. So, like, next episode is going to be a ghost stories one. The third episode is going to be the devil coming to town. The fourth episode is the witch episode. Sabrina shows up. Uh, And then the fifth episode, we don't know much about other than it's episode 100. But it seems like it's going to continue. Like, it's going to follow the plot regardless. You guys, uh, who do you think the devil is going to be your favorite character? Who do you think it's going to be? Lucifer. Or, no, your favorite character on the show, do you think is they're going to make him the devil? Dr. Curdle Jr.? No. No. <laughs> who, do you, who do you mean? Are you talking about Hiram? No. No, Archie? I'm, ta- I'm talking about Tony. a slogan that you guys say all the time and think he's the greatest character. And I think mm. it was a T-shirt for a little while. And Oh, Brett Weston Wallace. That's who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. We don't have out. a favorite character. We have a, a real hero of Riverdale, mm-hmm. and his name is Chick. Yeah, and, he's uh, the real hero. He would I, never yeah, be the devil. I, I had be... to remind you of that, but Maybe sure, if yeah, the you devil guys is showing up, Chick will show up as God. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. The real hero in. of my life. Now I'm imagining you every like uh, every Sunday just going down and praying to chick. (laughs) (laughs) Even I'm confused when that happens, but I'm like, all right, here we go. So we got Tony and Fags. Uh, then we go over to Tabitha and Jughead. Tabitha and Jughead move in together. Very creepy real estate agent. Gives them the keys. And first day, right off, Jughead kills a spider, which oh. brings a whole bug invasion into their house. That's what they're dealing. You see, you bug think... head is haunting him. And I, yeah, there it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's what I was about to ask. If you I thought was, that was a reference uh, bu- to that. Yeah, I couldn't believe he killed that spider. I mean, that's just, it's not. Smart. You couldn't believe it? You, yeah. So a spider, a spider pops up behind you and you're like, oh, better make this, put him on a little pillow and carrying him outside. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to curse your whole uh, you know, new living environment. So you didn't like this because you were scared of Rivervale. You just uh, believe, you agree with everything that happens. And you can't <laughs> believe these characters aren't doing the right thing. Exactly. Yep. 
What well, do you think? I'm not going to ask you, Pete, because I know what you think. This is no, not to exclude you from the discussion, but I know which way the direction this could go. Justin, how do you feel about Jughead and Tabitha in this episode, living together, their relationship, how things are going? Um, it's interesting. They sort of it feels like they're like, look, we're uh, we're a rom com in the middle kind of a thing. Like they're like a happy couple. They're struggling with like, oh, we are a little different. We're moving in together. You believe in that we're cursed, and you don't believe that we're currently cursed. Um, I like their relationship. I think they have a nice uh, dynamic. And it is an interesting counterpoint to the other sort of couple who's nesting uh, of Tony and Fangs. Yeah. I liked it as well. I thought I was a little iffy about them deciding to move in together at the end of the last episode. But here, I think it worked. I think they were fun together. I thought it went in different directions than I expected. You know, I I sort of thought that there would be a strain on the relationship because they were moving in together. But it doesn't necessarily feel that way. If anything, it's more about just kind of figuring out each other's living space and what it means. Um, I'm curious to see what happens going forward. Seems like there's going to be some more stuff going on in their apartment because that real estate agent was pretty shady. Uh, But overall, uh, I thought it was good. And it was nice to have some solid relationship stuff going on in the middle of everything else that was happening. Fuck you. Uh, What did you say, boo? Yeah, don't. I don't want them to be the solid couple. All right. I don't like it. We're spending yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of time Pete, with them. It's just when you're when, when you're on a roller coaster, are you yelling at the wheels? Yep. Why don't you just enjoy the, the ride for time. a second? The well, whole time I'm yelling at the seems wheels. Seems like that a great way to enjoy anything. Well, you know, you live your life, I'll live mine. Let's move on to talk about another couple here, Reggie and Veronica, who are hitting some hard times throughout the episode. They are going hard as a power couple. Uh, we get to oh, see them treadmilling. making yeah. a couple of deals. Veronica is calling New York. Reggie is very jealous, both of her and also of Archie. That ultimately gets solved by Veronica helping kill Archie, which is, you know, yeah, a good a resolution to that relationship. I'm sure anybody who ships Varchi was very pleased with that. They're like, good, that's that's done with. That's done with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should feel good. All the ships should feel good here. We've uh, eliminated all of the worry. Yes. What Um, did you think of everything going on with Reggie and Veronica, though? I thought it was fun. I mean, I I love the amount of hesitancy from everybody to talk about everything here, by the way. I I think it's one of those just kind of like as, um, you know, Jughead is saying, it's exhausting. It's kind of fun to see them spin out a little bit, you know. Um, they're both kind of like intense, so it's fun to kind of see what would happen in this kind of micro universe of them together. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, I was uh, sorry to see that like Reggie was kind of letting Archie into their relationship when he's not there. So it was kind of, uh, you know, it was fun to see Veronica like be like, oh, I'll take care of this, uh, Reggie. Don't you worry about it. I'll just murder Archie and then we can be together. Um, I like this too. I mean, they have the vibe of the um, the yuppie couple in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation um, mm-hmm. in a fun way uh, that I like. Them on the treadmills, Veronica being like, hey, "Look, a, a bed of money for us to have sex on." And that I was like, "How has she never had sex on money?" <laughs> what that that was, that was what what was running through your head? How is this yes. during that scene? I got to tell you, my main thing is oh, that's so uncomfortable. Like that's money. 
having sex on a bed of money uh, that's gonna the get paper all sorts cuts of alone. You exactly exactly maybe worse than sex gotta, on the beach honestly you gotta make sure that wow, that money is couple, soft and not like new money because you could get in oh trouble. you gotta you gotta have sex on some nice Old wet money. money that's what you're yeah. talking about well not Old wet Jesus, you no. soak the money in the tub for a little while so oh it gets nice God. and wet then you throw it on the bed also get the bed all wet <laughs> Nothing hotter than wet money, just yep. any time. Like well, when, gotta, I, when I, when someone is like, here's your change and one of the bills is wet, I'm like, well, I would rather not have this money, <laughs> if at all possible. But no paper cuts? No paper cuts. Oh my what God. a weird suggestion. A couple of romantics here, you're like, yeah, that's gross, especially sex on the beach, ew. Not my thing. And then you're like, make the money wet. <laughs> well, make the sand wet, too. That's going to be better. The sand is often wet. It I don't is. know if you know, the, there's a spot on the beach where the sand is quite wet. I've never been to the beach. Is it nice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best place to have sex. No one would ever... See. You can go there, any beach, have sex anywhere. No so question. Quick asked. question. Sex Anytime on money on the beach? Yes? Um, yes. A little harder. Might lose a little <laughs> bit. Uh, my favorite drink is... Uh, I always go up to the bar and order a sex on wet money. Is that uh, a <laughs> normal drink order? Um, well, how much money have you guys had sex on? You guys are more like penny. Yeah, penny, for penny me, mostly nickels. it's a pile of quarters. <laughs> wow, quarters. At the arcade one night, you know what I'm talking about? Break out the machine. You had a huge night on the Mortal Kombat uh, arcade <laughs> game. Yeah, made some serious bank there. Uh, they... Reggie and Veronica, I do like them together. I think they're very fun. I don't think they're necessarily done with the jealousy or anything like that. But I also yeah. liked seeing a very classic Reggie and Archie match up here with the ludicrous yes. over-the-top sawing match. Oh, yeah. That, that I mean, went yeah. very fun. Felt the right out of the comics. dude fun was, Those guys you know. are jacked. <laughs> yeah. The thing, this is very much jumping ahead, but the thing that I thought was funny about the Maple Festival is it felt like a classic Archie comic except for the fact that, you know, something terrible is going on. Well, I think a lot of this stuff is sort of hearkening back to the comics. Like the the Reggie-Veronica relationship was felt very much out of the comic. Like they're sort of in love of their love of money that they share. And that's a, a thing that Veronica has much more in the comics than in the show. Um, so that, And Betty being like, I just want to settle down with Archie. It felt like it is sort of returning to that as a basis because it lets them get wilder with the way it heightens, I think. Now, I think we got to turn and talk about the next couple that gets introduced to the episode, which is Betty and Archie. And Puke. there's Puke. so much stuff to talk about here. Puke. Yeah. Because over the course of the episode, not Barf. only are they alive, clearly, not only is Archie hearing a mysterious ticking noise and having dreams of a town called Riverdale, but over the course of the yeah. episode, it's been revealed, it really seems like they've been together for a long time now. The uh, yeah, Mrs. Andrews is calling. She's been asking about marriage a bunch of times, about a baby a bunch of times. Vegas seemingly still alive in this reality, so that's a big clue that things are not that exactly nice. all that they seem. Uh, and ultimately, over the course of the episode, they're investigating Cheryl, but Betty gets convinced by the whole plot. Uh, gets it first finds out she's barren from Doctor Colonel Junior. Then teams up with Cheryl because of the fraternity lights becomes pregnant with Archie's son and then helps kill him by the end of the episode. So, Justin, as the Barchie on the podcast, just uh, run us through the emotions you went through watching this episode. 
there's a range here, and I will say, started, and I was like, this is the relationship we've been waiting for. It's so nice. They, uh, they're they great together. Um, then, yep, I see your thumb going, I guess, downward, Pete. Um, and then it starts to, uh, and I like that they have, there's a little bit of them, like, working together. Like, Betty's like, there's a cold case like this. Archie's trying to get uh, in the Cheryl's plot line, trying to get these um, the maple trees planted. And they are sort of giving some of some of that bughead energy that I think was in the show for a long time, which um, I love that. That feels like a nice stable thing for their relationship. Just to interrupt real quick before I forget about that. I actually like that it was a different energy because. Well, I I agree. It was very much a Barchi version of it. But the fact that it was like, Mm -hmm. let's partner up and do stuff. Oh, totally. Uh, But what I thought, what I appreciate appreciated about it. There was a lot of questions, I think, going into this relationship of, oh, is it just going to become Bughead 2.0? That doesn't make sense for Archie. And I do think they figured out a way for Betty to still be investigative Betty, be with Archie, but then both doing kind of their own plot lines. And it bummed me out a little bit that we haven't gotten to see this more throughout the show, because I really do think it does work in a different way than Bughead while still providing this anchor for weird mysteries, which is the thing that makes Riverdale work. But sorry, go ahead. And well, maybe on, on your point, I think at coming out of Rivervale, maybe we will sort of drop back into that dynamic. I, um, I, you know, I just felt bad for Betty because it seemed like every time you saw her in her eyes, she looked like she was like aware that this was not a real reality. And she was like dying inside, like her eyes were extra, like kind of like glazed over and kind of like there was like a help me vibe that she was kind of putting off. Did you guys kind of pick up on that at all? Or? Nope. You ever think that that was maybe partially uh, uh, your opinion, maybe going through? <laughs> Well, that's what I'm asking because that, that's why I picked yeah, up. You know, how close were sure. you to the TV when you were watching? Because it's possible your eyes millimeters might have been ref- away. I was oh, okay. millimeters eyes, away. You were seeing your screen. eyes reflected yeah, think, on the screen. Oh, oh that's probably what that that's was. what was going on. Uh, Pete, Pete, the TV hasn't been on this whole time. What have you been <laughs> seeing? <laughs> I mean, if anything, uh, Betty is the opposite to me. I know you're sort of joking here, Pete, but Betty is all in on this reality, yeah. which clearly, by the way that she is at the end, Archie is the only one who seems outside of it. And this is getting into the bigger things. There's a lot of other things to talk about at the episode. But given that it definitely seems over the course of the episode that Archie is the one who is having this nightmare or aware that Riverdale exists or something like that. Maybe like a lot of people have speculated, he's in a coma from the bomb and imagining this given that he dies at the end, that throws a big twist in terms of what at least I thought was going on over the course of watching this episode. Yes. um, I agree with that. And that's, I sort of feel like that's where we're going to land that this is, we're seeing the seconds after the explosion from the end of uh, last season. Uh, that's what Rivervale is, is them, like, coming out of that. Um, but I do think it sort of makes sense in a dream. You know you, so you don't need to see the distorted version of you, so you would observe everyone else that you know in your sort of dream world. Um, so I think that's uh, maybe what's happening. But I, getting back to sort of my emotions watching uh, Barchi, seeing this made me a little nervous because if this – if this is different from Riverdale, then does that mean we won't get this? In exactly. And this I, is the know, only time you'll get it. So enjoy it for the four more reps because then it's all and, over. 
And the name of this segment is called Giving Pete Something to Cling to so that we can enjoy ourselves on this podcast. Thank you. I, again, not to go back to this interview, but Roberto did say oh that it would be mean to take away Barchi at this point. So we will see it in some way. My man. My but man. it definitely did feel like watching this episode, we've, I think, compared it on the podcast before to like Lucy pulling away the football, that you always get it for one episode that they're like, yoink. This feels like the biggest yoink possible here at the end of the episode where I was like, come yes. on, man. We got one episode of them being married, talking about babies. They're together. We get to see what they look much. like as a couple. One and was then they're too like, much. Oh, we're literally ripping his heart out and he's dead yep. now. And she's pregnant with his baby. And that's the status quo. Uh, crazy. Isn't Wild. the name of this episode the biggest yoink? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because I agree with you. This is like, um, uh, hello, uh, bartender. I'd like a shot of tequila. They're like, would you like all of the tequila? <laughs> 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 like, uh, no. And they're like, too bad. And now it's gone. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, so lots of other things to talk about here. Uh, we also, as mentioned, we get a little bit with Kevin. He's calling around, uh, tells them about this ritual with a dead deer with no heart, which is sort of the hook for the episode. These sort of rituals have been going on for decades over at Thornhill. Ultimately, we find out it is a fertility ritual. It's a renewal ritual to help heal the maple trees over in Riverdale. I want to throw a wild, almost baseless theory out to you guys. Is it possible the reason Kevin is on the outside here is because he's the one in some way that is responsible for this? What? I have no basis for this other than he he's the only one who doesn't really seem involved. Like, he doesn't really make a deal with Cheryl. He's just kind of there. He's supporting stuff. And then next episode, we're getting these ghost stories. And again, this is like from scanned footage, but it seems like he's the same sort of thing where like Tony is trying to track down this ghost and he's kind of there. You know? Um, I would say that theory has some uh, some legs, but... Kevin has been on the outside of every season. Yeah, I was going to say. So, are you saying he's dreaming all of this? Yeah, is this going to be this is like his vision his for every dream? Yeah, this yeah. nightmare where he kind of doesn't matter to the plot too much. Oh man! Yeah, imagine that. What a horror show! I guess my theory only had legs for seconds. Sorry about that. Yeah. That's exactly. Well, let me throw out there though to give your theory some credence. I mean, he is sort of the catalyst to a lot of this. He finds the initial deer. He's the one that says the saplings are have been ruined, which raises the action. It sort of puts it more on Archie being the focus. Uh, so I think that could be, and it sort of makes sense in a dream logic way that he would be the one. We'll see. Um, it's one episode. I don't really feel very tied to this theory. It's just something that maybe, maybe I was trying to make it so that Kevin gets more weight in the storyline. Gets more to do. Yeah, it would yeah. be nice. It's, well, I love if we great come great. up to episode six and it starts with, and that was my crazy dream. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys dream about last night? <laughs> Kevin, oh, wow. wow. Well, also the fact that Same everybody Kevin. else continues from their storyline, right? Like they pick up yeah. directly from where we left them pretty much. Maybe there's a month long gap. Maybe it's the next day. Maybe it's both potentially. Uh, but regardless, we find out continuing from where we left them off, except for Kevin, who is like, well, I'm leaving town to go to Broadway. And we pick up no mention of that. He's still in Riverdale. He's still doing the same thing he's doing, which raises my alarm bells a little bit, I guess I would say. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, let's move on. Talk about as we're kind of working through here, a couple of other things. We get to see Cheryl and her minions. I, over I, I want to Yes. Yeah, please. I would like to say like 
in this episode, we get an amazing Cheryl entrance with her minions. Like, at least we're still getting amazing Cheryl moments, you know, if uh, if you're having a hard time with the veil of it all. But um, uh, I, I do think that this was kind of like the Cheryl versus the town, town versus Cheryl back and forth. I'm kind of hoping that we're kind of pushing Cheryl out of her imaginary world and more into reality. I mean, you know, we don't get a lot of that, but I'm just like, even every time she's anywhere near Tony, my heart gets a flutter and I have hopes and dreams that hopefully don't get shattered. I mean, this was the definitely the closest um, Shoney uh, time, the most positive, yeah. like them, Cheryl helping Tony with um, Baby Anthony. Helping. And then, yep, super helpful. And then the 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 meeting that they have, and like Tony's backing Cheryl throughout here. So, uh, yes, but also, I mean, we're fully in. To your point earlier, Alex, we're fully in Cheryl's world here. She is dominating everything. She's every wheeling moment. and dealing, making deals, asking for favors. Yeah, I not to throw you under the bus, Pete, but I feel like your Cheryl moving towards a more realistic place over the course of these five episodes has less base than my Kevin is behind all of it theory. Okay, and that has right. basically yeah. nothing. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Yeah, because I think she's moving further off. She Damn like. It. And you can see it in the way her lines are much more arch. They're almost like poetic. The line she had will make a stew from its meat, a pelt from its hide, and a paste from its hooves. It's like, what? It, like, <laughs> she is, she is uh, almost ahead of everyone in a way that feels like she also has a lot of control over the story. And she always is like, uh, her wardrobe's always great, but I feel like even that's taken a step up here. Like, it feels like we are sort of really within her her world. And well, and the Minions is a totally different thing than yeah. the Pretty Poisons a couple of seasons back where it's... Again, though, it's a heightening of that. It's like yeah. just a step up where they all have weapons all the time. They have weapons all the time, but they're also all little Cheryls. And they're all, yeah. there's, yeah. other than Britta, I don't think we find out any of their names, but they're all just like, whatever you want, Cheryl. We're all here. We're all little Cheryls. How does she, who keeps giving her kids? You know what I mean? Like, how does, oh, it's a redhead. All right, we got to give it to Cheryl. <laughs> like, go. how That's does how that? Works, man. I, Got to get them all in one Traditionally, place. they were pushed out onto the ice, and here they're just given to Cheryl mm-hmm. and the Thornhill. Oh, man. So here's a scene we should talk about. The Tabitha and Jughead moving in together scene where they're doing it with Betty and Archie. Betty and Tabitha talk. Betty says, we have a def- definite answer who I'm going to end up with, Jughead or Archie. It turns out it's Archie. What did everybody feel about this scene? I was... First off, I was like, oof, tough ask. Help me move, X. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And then th- that that line you just said, I was like, wow, I can't believe we're getting this. Uh, and I it makes have, it feel real. I must have blacked that out. I have no memory of that. <laughs> well, Jughead yeah. seems totally cool with Archie in particular. This is the first time in yeah. a really long time we've gotten Jughead and Archie just being friend scenes. Ultimately, it takes on a sort of an ominous pall by the end when – they're doing the pancake contest, and you're like, what's, what's going on here? What, also, what why the aren't they eating cheeseburgers? Because Jughead would have de- demolished Archie. 
Mm. Well, there's a lot of maple syrup hype in this episode. Uh, they they ate a hundred and nineteen pancakes. That's I was a like, lot of pancakes. In, that in what reality? Like I was putting myself in the head of the writer, and I was like, "How did you land on a hundred and nineteen? I can't imagine eating more than like six pancakes. What, dude? <laughs> uh, large pancakes like that? Have no you ever been? Way. I'm forgetting the name of the place. There's a place in L.A. that has pancakes the size of the ones that they did for that contest. And I think they basically have a dare, like, yeah, try to eat six of them. Good luck. Like, you just, you can't. That's too much for a human being. Pete, what's the most pancakes? I've eaten a lot of pancakes. You can eat six pancakes. You can eat it. What's the most pancakes? And then fucking, I don't know. I've eaten a lot of pancakes, but I'm just saying. Give us a number, Pete. Six is not. You keep saying six. You You keep not saying more than six. Would you say seven? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, we should have established this before the recap, but that's six plus one. Yeah, oh, thank, that, that, thank you. Really thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Precap math. Yeah. Um, great. So I guess Pete could only ever eat seven pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very close to 119, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that was wild. That was a wild moment. And just a lot of in general, like seeing the pan- pancake to go bag. I was like, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> that's what, again, I like this show. Like they commit up and down on stuff mm. being weird. I love that they have uh, enough regular customers who are ordering stacks of hundreds of pancakes that they have a large pancake to go pack. That's great. Yeah. More of that. In, in Rivervale, people have uh, a full hundo is a normal breakfast. Mm-hmm. Big day, 100 <laughs> pancakes. Yes. Uh, so continue to walk through here, just calling out a couple of scenes. Um Let's see. So Jughead eats a cereal full of cockroaches. Have any of you guys ever tried that? How many cockroaches do you eat in a normal day? Like seven people? Tops. I personally can eat six. Tops. There's a restaurant in L.A. (laughs) It probably is. Same restaurant. (laughs) Pancake restaurants covered in cockroaches. Yeah. Hard to wipe up that I could not deal with that scene. No. horrible. All of the bug yeah. stuff, I just do not like bugs, so that was too much. Yeah, I don't I like bug. Burn the I don't whole like bugs down. Yeah, I just hate bugs. Hey, stop that! <laughs> do we? Talk, <laughs> you know, it freaks me out. We bug might have skipped head. over. Do we talk about Frank and Alice yet? I don't think not we talked about have Frank not, and Alice. Uh, so, first of all, Frank and Alice, Alice is uh, the doctor, not the monster. That's probably first uh, to establish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how I gave up on that halfway through. Frank yeah, and yeah, Alice, I you did. Should. I yeah. appreciated it. Yes. I actually liked it better that you gave up on it. <laughs> so Me Frank too. and Alice are having a whole rom-com in the middle of everything that's going on where Alice keeps stuffing up her drains so that Frank can come over and fix them, making him dinner and breakfast and everything. Pete, I had a question for you. This was driving me crazy, and I feel like you could answer this question. So Alice has Frank over for dinner and mm-hmm. makes him kielbasa, right? I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That that's there's some comedy where they're like, "Ooh, delicious kielbasa at dinner." Oh, uh, well, the kielbasa joke is uh, from what you call it. Uh, oh my god, Jack yes, Black. Um, when he uh, Tenacious uh, Tenacious D uh, did a whole kielbasa like song and stuff like that. So mm. I don't know. Well, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm think- it's like a, a naked gun or airplane or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But the whole thing was kind of goofy, but very fun. Uh, I, You know, we're F-Palace shippers, I think, for life on this podcast. But at the same time, 
I like what they're doing with Frank and Alice. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Uh, I like it as well. I thought I was surprised by how what a hard stop we got in here with it. Like, and it was such a um, sort of ongoing thing that then it felt like it came crashing down. I'm assuming a lot of these sort of beginnings we got in this episode will be picked up on going forward and we'll get their own little horror story, like you said, Alex. Was I it, Go ahead, Pete. Me and myself and Irene. That was the composite joke. I don't know. Maybe. It might be me, myself, and Irene. That's wow. possible. What a weird thing to remember. Uh, the And I'm sure it was not a reference to that. But uh, I liked actually how adult <laughs> it was. Like, I would have expected right. yeah. them to go pretty hard on it immediately, given that they'd be like, we've lived our lives. Let's go for it. Like, kind of how Alice presents it. But the fact that they're going to take it slow and make it sort of a slow bird, I, I thought was nice. I like that. Um, particularly because people are so tied to FP and Alice to bring a new romance into her life. Yeah, we need though. a little time. We exactly. need a little time. Yeah. We need time. We need three to four seasons before we can be good with it. Yeah. Then another thing to call out, this is a fun little Easter egg here. Archie is reading Sports Illuminated, and on the cover is Chuck Clayton, who yeah. we haven't seen since, I believe, season one. Maybe season two, but definitely season one. He was pretty prominent there. Uh, wow. So that was fun, and I hope they do more stuff like that. Uh, the yeah, go ahead, Justin. I was just going to say that that was really cool. Just the the Maple Festival in general, I thought was a really fun, like, it's not necessarily an Easter egg, but it just felt very, like, comic booky and very uh, referential in a, in a good way. Did you guys, at the when they kind of walked into the, the festival, there was this fun moment where this kid yells, like, get away from me. Did you yes. hear that? Did you, I that love was that. That I lost it because I was like, this is perfect. I am so like, even this kid is creeped out by the whole mm -hmm. idea of this and doesn't trust any parent in Rivervale as, as you should. So I, I really like that. I love that moment too. Another one that I really liked was Cheryl calling Tabitha Tab Tab. <laughs> that was very <laughs> yeah. funny. Uh, and there was some Nana Rose line oh, that I man. wrote down, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, where she said, ah, the old ways. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. very funny. And the um, other one I also, I loved, even though it was purposely so creepy, but Lily Reinhardt's delivery on the I'm with child, it's a son, I know it, and in 25 years he'll be Maple King. I love the delivery on that line. That was perfectly, just absolutely skin-crawlingly horrifying. Yeah. Really, really well yeah. done. Another line that got me sort of in that vein was Cheryl's line to Archie, which was um, over your dead body. No, oh, Archie, yeah. no, over yours. yours. I was like, oh, shit, she means that. Yeah. And that, that's when I felt I first felt like, oh, they might actually kill Archie in this episode was on that line. Um, so that was cool. That was a badass Cheryl moment for sure. Yeah. And uh, towards the end of the episode, I don't know if there's any other things that we want to talk about. Um, Justin, any of the Barchi scenes you want to call out in particular, or the couch scene or the table scene or anything like that? No, loving no. all of them, keeping them, keep, keep them up. Can't no, keep them up. Archie's okay. dead. We're just going to can't keep them up. We're just going to rewatch. Rewatch and stop uh, great, at about great 15 last minutes. episode of uh, Riverdale. Uh, yeah. So at the end of the episode, Archie goes to seemingly rescue Betty. Uh, she doesn't need to be rescued because she is with child. They. Veronica, as we mentioned, hits him with, I think, a frying pan. Yeah. Wasn't 100% yep. sure. Uh, they tie him up. He's covered in symbols, has a hoard crown tied to an altar. Cheryl cuts out his heart 
everybody dances. And then we get the end of the episode. Jughead says that Archie was, which I thought was very interesting, born 25 years ago in Riverdale. I think other than the dream, that's the first mention of Riverdale in the whole episode, died in a sleepy yeah. shadow town of Rivervale, and we're just getting started. And the sign outside town has changed to say the town with heart instead of a place you'll never want to leave. Uh, and there's a heart, I believe, in uh, or maybe it's a it's a tree that has red leaves on it now versus a dead yeah. tree previously. So that was all very interesting. Any other moments from the episode that you wanted to call out in particular? Uh, right around then when Archie's uh, – I think he's strapped to the, the stone. He's like, I'm not a virgin. I just yeah. thought that was a really funny little line to include there. <laughs> Everyone sort of chuckles. Yeah, like, yeah, we know. We've watched the show. Yeah, we've seen a lot yeah, of Yeah, we've you. seen the show, man. We get <laughs> Pete, any other moments? Yeah, I I I love the the. It felt like a classic episode where it was very high paced, high octane, kind of like hitting you with all these different ideas. Which I really felt like a uh, episode that you know uh, really moved, which was great. Uh, but yeah, I just afterwards, I just would we had a lot of questions and was just kind of worried about like how long we're going to be in Crazy Town. Well, I. I think you're supposed to have a lot of questions at the end here. That's kind of the point. Yeah. I'm curious to see. This is the sort of thing that I think in particular will work really, really well, probably on a binge when it ends up on Netflix, because yeah. it will demand that you tune into the next episode. I'm curious to see how it works week to week. I feel like people are going well, to spiral out of control. I do yeah. like this. <laughs> it's we a fun here. thing mm-hmm. of like Archie dying at the end of every episode. Like he got blown up at the end of one mm-hmm. episode, and then this one gets his heart ripped out. Like it could be an interesting, He's the fun Kenny. bit. He's the Kenny yeah, man. yeah, exactly. It's the Kenny of. Uh, Riverdale or Rivervale. Well, and it does make me think if we're going to get a ghost, the devil, like maybe we'll be seeing more of Archie here. Oh, ghost because Archie. He's dead. Uh, I feel like he could come back as a ghost. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to play this that I think keep Archie present and we get to actually maybe see some different sides of him. Him as a ghost sort of observing everyone without being able to impulsively act, I think would be really cool. Him being um, the devil. I mean, he's such a pure heart in every season of this show. Him being like a tempter or somehow like on no a dark way. side of Riverdale no. and Rivervale, I think would be very cool. Like if this if this five episode um, run really revolves around Archie and killing him has uh, striking him down has only made him more powerful. I feel like we uh, could be in for some real fun. Yeah, I think we'll have to see what happens. My suspicion is he is not going to be in this, and we're going to – he is going to be off for these episodes until at least episode 100, when it seems like there's some sort of time-jumping shenanigans type thing going on. And I think there were some behind-the-scenes pictures where he was filming for that episode. So we'll have to see. I'm really curious how they're going to – how that crazy kid is going to get out of this one. Um It'll be fun to follow. Yeah. He's never really been able to get – he's never had to tangle with the idea of his body being dead. Yeah. (laughs) That's, uh, in a way, the ultimate bear that we all have to fight is death. That's right. Death itself. Wow. Before we wrap up here, who was the MVP of this episode? Pete, who was the MVP of this episode? 
Um, you got to go with Betty on this one. Her axe throwing was just marvelous. Wow. Uh, yeah, really, you know, I loved uh, Betty challenging uh, Archie to that. By the way, yeah, yeah. And I also like Archie's line of like, "I've already won two. Like, how does that not count here?" Uh, but I, you know, I'm hoping that this is foreshadowing, and we're going to see like axe throwing Betty uh, more moving forward because I feel like. Uh, that'd be fun to see. Maybe she goes up against like Cheryl's horde and like throws a bunch of axes. You know, it'll be cool. Yeah, Justin, I want to shout out Pete real quick for uh, in an episode filled with Betty making out with Archie. Pete found a way to find a win for Betty that did not encounter any of that those messy feelings. Um, because I think I have to give it up for Barchi in this episode to get to see them. Um, really, it ended weird, but like breakups are weird <laughs> and you never know what, how it's going to go down. Um, I really appreciated seeing them at full bore, their relationship going at a hundred miles an hour. I, hmm, this is a tough one. I'm going to give it up for Cheryl in this episode. Nice. I, I do think. She's clearly the central character and that everything is revolving around at this point, or at least influencing everything. Curious to see if that continues in future episodes. It feels like it might, but uh, just this whole mystery is very weird. It's very alarming, but that's a good place to be in with a show six season in. And a lot of that does have to do with Cheryl and the moves they've made that have been some big moves, but there are some interesting ones. Will they work? Maybe not. Maybe this won't work, but I would rather they take swings and they try things than not try anything at all. Uh, I'm sure there's some people out I think there it's that definitely... Is, you think it's going to work? You're feeling good? Yeah. All of this is working. All of this is working for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. It's fine. Everything's fine. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. You can check us out socially a couple of different places. Riverdale Dark on Twitter. Riverdale After on Instagram. Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after Vale? Oh, after Vale.